What's up, Adultish fam? It's Nige, and I'm so excited to tell you about Radiotopia's newest show, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Kenji and Deb are two of the best home cooks alive. J. Kenji lopez all of The Food Lab and The Walk, and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen. Honestly, me and my wife both work from home, and so I do all the cooking in the house, so I end up having to come up with a lot of recipes just on the fly. And so when I'm looking for recipes, I usually just go to Google. But now I know that I could just go to Dev and Kenji if I have any recipes that I want to cook for a fire dinner. These pros obsess over techniques and essential ingredients. So you learn everything that you need to create your perfect dish. You can finally be excited to eat what you make and maybe even impress your friends and family. Help us welcome the newest show of the Radiotopia family. Find The Recipe with Kenji and Deb on your favorite podcast platform starting February 26th. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Adultish, produced by YR Media and brought to you by Radiotopia from PRX. I'm Dominique French. And I'm Nige Turner, and this is the season nine finale. No! I know, I know, I know. It arrived so fast. And how are we going to be closing out the season, Nige? By talking about beef. Beef? But I'm a vegetarian. No, not beef. (laughs) (laughs) No, beef as in grudges, animosity, and bad blood. Scandalous. I know, but I think it's time. Low-key, I'm always down to talk about barbecue, though. Yeah, we know. (laughs) Should we tell them? Uh, about what? About our beef. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. You can tell them. Nige and I have beefed, y'all. We have beefed past tense. The truth comes out. Our friendship is not perfect. That's right. You heard it here first. We both have said or done things that have rubbed each other the wrong way. It's true. But we've always talked about it, heard each other out, apologized, and come back from it. Word, word, word. Which is relatively new for me because I love beefing. I love grudges. (laughs) They're my constant little companions, and I love them so much. But as I've grown up, I've kissed some of them goodbye with a tear in my eye in an effort to have more meaningful relationships. But it's really hard. It really can be, though, because at the core of all beef is someone whose feelings have been genuinely hurt. Mm. And that sometimes is really hard to let go. More for some, myself, than others. (laughs) So to find out why beef can linger, and so much more, we brought in for one last interview our season's on-call therapist, Keanu Jackson. I asked him what function interpersonal beef serves. My first question is, like, does it have to? Like, I don't know. I just feel like conflict is inevitable. (laughs) Tension is Uh inevitable. And there ain't nothing wrong with it, you know? However, that's easy for me to say as a person who, <laughs> who works in this field. I'm like, yeah, like conflict. Okay, what about it? But we, the truth is we live in a very, <laughs> we live in a very like conflict avoidant society, which that just is, it just is what it is. But to answer your question, 
the, the function of, I guess, that beef, I like to think of it as a fundamentally just like looking at like miscommunication and thinking about how certain like miscommunications or misunderstandings can then lead to feelings of like betrayal or feelings of like rejection or abandonment of, of some sort. And of course, like when you're experiencing that within like your community, with your friends, with your family, like it's going to hit different. It, it will. It will. But that's my two cents on that. Yeah. <laughs> so in your opinion, Keanu, why do some of us, myself included, find it more difficult than others to let go of a beef? Oof, I don't know. I don't know if y'all don't like this, but <laughs> I'm for, so for some for some people, for some, for some people, people, we'll some, take it off of we'll take it off of Dom. Yeah, for some some people, it's water just, off a duck's back, and some people, it's it's a much more active exercise and acceptance and communication in order to be able to let go of something. Mm. Well, the first thing I have to say is depending on the person. Like, are you really seeing that person, or are you? Or up until that point, were you seeing them through a lens of like who you wish they would be? <laughs> I have to say, like sometimes, you know, of course, like the people who we surround ourselves with are people who we look up to in some capacity or who we can be ourselves with, hopefully, vulnerable with, hopefully. And sometimes when we find ourselves in conflict with these folks, it can really, it can really shatter the rose-colored glasses in a bit, especially if it's like the first time. Mm. And ultimately, I ask folks all the time, I'm like, well, how are you seeing this person? Are you seeing Dom as Dom? Or are you seeing a version of Dom that you idolized or you envisioned or you, you know, like you constructed? And sometimes being brought back down to that reality of, oh, this is just a person who I'm speaking to and not this figure, not this character it can really sting. And that can be hard for people, especially if that moment of conflict felt particularly personal or if there were particular parts of you that really just felt very misunderstood or disrespected or just used in some way. Other times, you know, tension can really just linger. The question of, okay, well, did we really get to what to what the root of this problem was, or did, or if in this conversation, did this transform into something else entirely? All that to say, I don't have like a first year answer to your question because I don't think that there is one. Mm-hmm. However, I will say, I wonder what conflict resolution, what repair, what separation, because even that is necessary at times. I guess I wonder like what all those frameworks can look like if we can really allow ourselves to see the people who we're interacting with as people and really see ourselves as people. What, what advice do you have to those people who are having uh, a rough time letting go of a grudge? Oof. <laughs> Kenny's like, you better to have to start paying me for these questions. Right? <laughs> I'm over here. I'm like, where my cash at? <laughs> Run it up. Like what is going on here? Got me out here working. (laughs) I don't know if this is advice, but I really just hope whatever it is that you need out there, I hope that there is someone or something in proximity to you, something that's accessible to you that can really help you to meet that need. Because when I really do think about these moments, 
I really just cannot help but just imagine just like a deep sense of just like loneliness. Like it, it can feel, it, it can hurt, especially given the type of relationship that was involved, you know, like a parent, a sibling, you know, like a best friend, you know. I just really hope that throughout that process of tension, of conflict, of this grudge, that it's possible for you or whoever out there to really just like honor that feeling, trust that feeling and use that feeling in a way that can help you get that need met, show yourself some grace and give yourself an opportunity to rest because that impacts your body. Like hanging on to those types of feelings, like they really, it really impacts your body and your mind. You know, again, I said this before, but like conflict is inevitable, but conflict doesn't necessarily have to be the termination of a relationship, nor does conflict resolution have to mean that you are remaining in a similar dynamic with whichever individual you have the conflict with? If that dynamic is saying the same, then really what was resolved? <laughs> I could dash just my two cents on it. Um, so I just want to encourage people that as like conflict emerges to really try and center your feelings, understand where you're coming from, and really try to ask yourself that question of, okay, well, who is this person that I'm in conflict with and how, how would I like for our relationship to go from here? Big shout out to Keanu for all of the insight he has given us on everything from guilty pleasures to beef this season. If you want to see more of Keanu's work, you can follow him on Instagram at The Black Queer Therapist or visit his website at KeanuMJackson.com. What's going on, Adultish fam? It's Nige, and I'm going to tell you about this new show coming out. Before I get into that, I want to tell you about what Black representation in media means to me. It means the world, really. It's the reason I am where I am and why I do what I do. And there were movies like Boomerang, like Love Jones, that even showed me that it was possible to be Black and exist in these creative spaces. It might sound like a given, but when you see yourself represented on screen or in any forms of art, it allowed me a new way of looking at myself and what my life trajectory looked like. And there's this show out on NPR where the next generation of influential Black voices can be found. It's NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. You'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit of the range of Black stories, Black truth. I literally just got done listening to the Black Film Canon episode of Black Stories, Black Truth. And it really was amazing. I mean, I'm so glad that they championed Homecoming as one of the greatest Black movies of recent times. Beyonce really did her thing. So I love the show so much. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country that we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Some beefs can hit harder than others. Like those you share with a sibling. Look, all I'm saying is don't ask my sister about the dog food in her cereal incident. 
I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying she's going to lie. She's going to embellish, and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Dang. Uh, don't cross Dom, I guess. But that being said, we sat down with Caitlin and Natalie Press, a sibling pair who overcame their beef to create the beautiful podcast series Sisters on Radiotopia's The Heart. And these two set the sibling mood right off the bat. Who's going to go first? <laughs> <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Should we? Yeah. Rock, paper. Is it two out of three? Or? Is it two out, it's two out of three, guys. No, it's one. It's one. It's one for time is on management. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors. Caitlin won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So I'm Caitlin Prest. I'm a sound nerd. And my first big show is called The Heart in 2020. I hired my sister to work at my company called Mermaid Palace, where we make other podcasts as well. <laughs> Natalie, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, well, for people who don't know, my first podcast was the Sisters series coming out on The Heart. And I'm a singer and an artist. Oh, and I'm the younger sister. Sorry, the all-important question, I'm the younger sister. Though the sisters are close now, Caitlin doesn't take emotional closeness with her family for granted. I mean, I think, you know, not everybody stays close to their family. I, I kind of resist the assumption that just because you're related, you're connected for life, you know? Like, I kind of, you know, like, I want to support people who have decided to, like, actually make the cut. In our 30s now, like, a lot of my friends are kind of, like, looking at their families and asking what they want their relationships to their families to be. And in a way, I think we kind of almost, we kind of come up against that question, not overtly in the series, but a little bit, you know? Like, it's like, how close do we want to be? How close should we be? When you spend so much time with someone else over many years, arguments and dynamics tend to repeat themselves. Throughout Caitlin and Natalie's lives, conflict patterns have emerged between the two of them and major differences about how those fights affected them. Here's Natalie. Because I looked up to her and because I thought she was so amazing, like these fights would like land on me in this way. Whereas she was like, okay, we got it out. We yelled at each other. We were angry and now we can move on, you know? Whereas I would still be holding on to it for like almost a year later. I'd be like still upset about it and still thinking about it and still like holding it against her, to be honest. Like being like, that was not cool with me, but never bringing it up that it was not cool with me and like bringing it out on the table. So we did a lot of like bringing things out on the table with the series, like even the power dynamic between us. Like I didn't think I could openly talk about how I felt like, like we talked about everything. We laid everything on the table and it was a bit painful at times, but like, I think it really helped us move forward because I, I was too scared to bring things up to her because I thought I knew she would get mad at me or I'd have a bad reaction or I'd have a negative, response, but like, I was just in shock that we could actually talk through a lot of the stuff that I was scared to bring up. I, I guess what feels like a recurring theme in that fight for me is like, we get into this fight a lot about, it's so, it's so childish, who started it, you know, um, even as adults, right? Like, so as kids, because I was the older one, and also because I had conflict with my dad, um, and my dad was the boss, right? So he was the he was the dad. He was the man, okay. And so he was the boss. And so me having conflict with him meant 
everyone had conflict with me. Like, it's like if dad has conflict with Caitlin, then that means Caitlin is the bad one. And so um, it's something I remember a lot was like, basically there was a rule in the house that I don't know he he has all these sayings our dad has all these sayings right like like don't don't uh you know don't better safe than sorry don't practice what you preach work first play later you know and one of them is don't fight fire with fire two wrongs don't make a right two wrongs don't make a right two wrongs don't make a right so you know so the rule was always um with hitting, okay, we would hit each other sometimes, okay? We'd get mad, upset, we're children, we hitting. And so um, it was always, I was always bad no matter what. So it was like, I hit Natalie, Caitlin's in trouble, of course. Natalie hits me and I hit her back, Caitlin's in trouble, of course. It doesn't matter if she hit first because two wrongs don't make a right. So I'm in trouble because I hit back. And then I vividly remember this one, finally... She hit me and I had the strength and courage not to hit her back. And I was so excited. I ran to my parents and I was like, Natalie, hit me. And, <laughs> and my dad is like, what did you do to make her do that? And I was like, there's no fairness in this world. And then, you know, as adults, it goes on and on. And it's a big, it's a, it's a feedback loop. It just goes on and on. And we still, I think we got in a fight like that just yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> that leads me to my point about Kate. What I've really learned from Caitlin is that she's able to point the finger inward, like more than the average person. And I hope that that's also something that people get from this podcast is like, I had to learn as the angel of the family, I was like, I'm always, yeah, I'm never wrong. Caitlin always starts it. Like, I'm I'm always the good one. I'm the one who, you know, yeah. And so whenever we get into patterns, I feel like we've just learned how to identify them more. Like, I've had to point my, like, my dad, one of his other sayings is, when you point the finger, there's three fingers pointing back at you, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and she so I started, like, looking at what I was doing on my side of the street, on my side of the argument, on my side of the, yeah, not being, an, I'm not an angel all the time, and it's true. And, 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 and yeah, dealing with that and also um, being able to identify these patterns that we have with each other. Like, we, we stepped on a lot of trigger buttons and we learned, oh, my God, don't step there like this. Or, or, like, we'd see it in each other and we'd be able to help each other identify, okay, we're bringing this, we're escalating this further, we're doing that thing where it's you. No, you're your fault. No, your fault. You know, whatever. Like, like the, the classic sibling thing. Like, no, you started it. You know, like, it's actually a thing. And we, so we did learn patterns we even had like special words that we would use we do safe words we try to do oh we started words. doing shields up or but but shields we just said shield because we're star trek fans my dad used to tell us growing up you could you can stay up and watch star trek or you can go to bed <laughs> so we'd be like okay dad we'll watch if you haven't listened to sisters you should know that caitlin and natalie's relationship has come a long way since their childhood so we asked them what words of wisdom they would share with someone who's curious about addressing a beef with a sibling or anyone really. Here's Caitlin again. When you're thinking about how do you start it, how do you reinitiate a conversation with someone that you're estranged from or you have like kind of longstanding beef with, what does that mean if you to put it, put it all aside? You know, and that's where it gets tough, you know, and that's why people are asking these questions. And, 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 and I guess my advice would be ask yourself, is it safe to bring up the beef? You know, like, can you, like, I would say, 
for me, I, I think as an extremist, I've also kind of flubbed a lot of these conversations and re-traumatized myself, okay? Like by by trying to initiate the conversation with someone who just does not want to hear it. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to bring up something difficult and, you know, and then you get, you know, I know gaslight is a word that everybody's using all the time these days, but like to be invalidated, to have someone tell you that this vulnerable thing that you're sharing isn't real, isn't legitimate, and maybe is even stupid, you know? Um it's not, it, it fucks you up, okay? It messes you up. So like one piece of advice that I have is if you do have beef and you have been estranged for a long time or you've been holding something in, don't start with the beef. Start with, would you be open to having a conversation about something difficult? Um, and scheduling it, you know, being like, wait, let make a time and make a, a time limit. Mm-hmm. And and also like and an and, and ask don't don't ask with the intention of being like 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 sometimes we ask a question like we say like you know these are the things I need to feel safe in this conversation um, and then you expect them to do it and then you get mad that they haven't done it but like it, it should be a question it should be like do you think you could imagine yourself actually just listening listening to me talk about my experience for thirty minutes without interrupting me. And without getting upset, do you think you could do that? And then judge whether or not what the reaction is. You know what I mean? And protect yourself. Listen to Caitlin and Natalie's series, Sisters, on the Heart by Radiotopia, wherever you get your podcasts. For other shows by this duo, check out the audio company, Mermaid Palace, at mermaidpalace.org. Beef is still very confusing to me. I still feel really conflicted about how or when to solve it, give up on people, or renegotiate relationships. I really don't like conflict at all as a result from growing up around people who never shot away from it. But the Press Sisters talked about beef being a cycle and just arguing yesterday. And that really makes me feel like conflict is just a part of life. So not really inherently positive or negative. It just is. So personally, I think I need to just work on seeing it that way instead of seeing it as something that I need to avoid at all costs. I think that's beautiful, Nige. Thank you. (laughs) What about you? Here's what I think about the episode. No beef. I have no (laughs) beef with this episode. I enjoyed getting these perspectives on something that I genuinely struggle with. And I think I've made a lot of strides when it comes to letting go of my adorable little grudges. But I can I can do more, and I'm going to continue to do more. You know what I do have beef with? What? This is the end of the season. Oh, yeah. Okay? I'm very upset. <laughs> this has Back been such a whirlwind, and I'm really glad to have had you, Nige, along the way. It's been beautiful, and I just want to say thank you mm-hmm. to you. Thank you to you. (laughs) And thank you to you, the listeners, for tuning in, giving us some of your time, and making these two little dudes' dreams of talking for a living a reality. I'm so glad to have shared this with all of you. Adultish is produced by YR Media, a national network of young artists and journalists creating content for this generation. Our show is produced by Georgia Wright, Dominique French, and by me, your boy, Nige Turner. Our engineer is James Riley. Our audio engineering fellow is Christian Romo. 
YR's Director of Podcasting is Sam Chu. YR's Senior Director of Podcasting and Partnerships is Rebecca Martin. Our intern's name is Quinn Castro. Original music for this episode created by these young musicians at YR. Christian Romo, Anders Knutstad, Noah Holt, Jacob Armenta, Chaz Whitley, Michael Diaz, Sean Luciano Galarza, and David Lawrence. Music direction by Oliver Cuya Rodriguez and Maya Drexler. Art direction from Brigado Bautista and Marjorie Massacat. Creative direction from Pedro Vega Jr. Special thanks to Eli Arverton. We are also proud to be members of Radiotopia by PRX, an independent listener-supported collective of some of the most amazing shows in all of podcasting. Find them at radiotopia.fm. And if you haven't reviewed our show on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to do so. Five stars is much appreciated. You can follow us on all the socials at YRAdultish. And on that note, I miss you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Come back next season. Radiotopia. Radiotopia.